Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Special counsel Jack Smith may indict Donald Trump as early as this summer. This, according to Donald Trump's former attorney general, Bill Barr, Trump's other former lawyer, Ty Cobb, says Trump will do jail time. Trump's other former lawyer, Tim Parlatori, says Trump's other lawyer, Boris Epstein, is a liar and intentionally sabotaging Donald Trump's defense MAGA. Make attorneys get attorneys. Meanwhile, in connection with the investigation of Donald Trump's theft of thousands of government records, Jack Smith has subpoenaed documents from the Trump Organization relating to its foreign business dealings. Can you say quid pro quo? And we are learning how significant it was when a federal court ordered Trump's other lawyer, you're getting the theme here, Evan Corcoran, to turn over his notes to Jack Smith. It included 50 pages of very detailed communications with Donald Trump. Trump is like livid. This guy Corcoran was like writing down Donald Trump's facial expressions at every second. That's how detailed these notes are that Jack Smith now has. President Biden is remaining steady, confident, and disciplined in negotiations with MAGA Republicans over their threats to cause America to default on its debts. The MAGA Republicans stormed out of negotiations this weekend like petulant children after Trump posted a message on his social media platform telling them that they needed to take the kitchen sink from Democrats. But then Kevin McCarthy arrived at the negotiating table today. We'll tell you what went down. MAGA Republican Tim Scott, a senator from South Carolina, announced his run for the Republican nomination for president today. It was a complete disaster. And we also (laughs) expect Ron DeSantis (laughs) to announce his run for president as well this week. His appearances have been completely disastrous and just utterly humiliating, including him laughing like a madman for no reason before the person even like said the joke to him. And then there's this other clip of him swirling, or it was probably because we were the ones who posted it, um, wiping his snot all over a man. Like he took his snot and just wiped it on a person. Also, Marjorie Taylor Greene says it is cool and fun that her new boyfriend was into drag in the past because it's her boyfriend, so that makes it okay for him. E. Jean Carroll seeks to amend her other lawsuit that is still pending against Donald Trump to add new defamatory statements like you told, like we told you she was going to based on what Donald Trump stated at the so-called CNN town hall. And Democratic governor from Minnesota, Tim Waltz, showcased how Democrats can lead with compassion, intelligence, and championing 
freedom, a big contrast to everything we see spewing out of MAGA Republican states. It's uh, utterly, utterly ridiculous. So um, I'm excited to shine a positive light on that. I'm Ben Micellis. This is the Midas Touch podcast. Brett and Jordy, how are you doing? Doing great, Ben. What a fantastic intro. We got a lot to cover today, huh? I mean, the news cycle is just absolutely incredible. The Republican clown car just keeps getting more packed in with these candidates who are declaring, if you thought 2016 was rough when we saw all those candidates up on the stage, (laughs) if you thought that was a clown show, well, 2024 is shaping up to be on a whole other level the tim scott i watched that uh, i watched that announcement today multiple times multiple times because i made a little montage of the moments and great montage oh my goodness do we have a lot to speak about because they're just all these they're they're all just so pathetic because they're so afraid of donald trump they're just so scared and we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how they're just still getting bullied by Donald Trump um, and everything else that's going on. And Biden just pressing through in the debt ceiling negotiations. I mean, there's a whole host of things to speak about today. So let's try to get into it. Jordy, how are you doing? I'm doing really well. I'm really excited for the show. Um, and and that, that's it. That's all I'm going to say. I just want to get into the show, Brett. I know you want to get into the show. Let's get into it. I love it. Let's um, go. Jordy, you want to talk about how much you squatted. So just tell everybody. Okay, I did. Okay. <laughs> it's crazy. So, so I've been like really like working out lately, trying to get in shape. You know, I do all these YouTube videos and these ad reads and like I'm taking them really seriously. So mm-hmm. I, I have to look good for them. Mm-hmm. Squatted 275 today, brothers. That's like a lot of weight. That's a whole lot. We start start off in the pre-show and Jordy's just like- 275. Jordy's like, maybe I'll share this on the show and I think he's going to be talking about Jack Smith (laughs) or some real cutting edge insight. And he goes- I squatted 275 pounds. I'm, I'm like, Jordy, that's fine. You can you can share it with all the Midas Mighty well, out there. It, there was going to be a point to it when we get to the eventual story, but now, now you're just making it not make sense, but it was well, going to make sense. my curiosity. Explain. How does it connect? How is it going to connect with stay Jack tuned. Smith? Stay tuned. Okay. Right. We, we will stay tuned. So the funny thing, Brett, I, I want to talk right about, t- from the outset, Tim Scott, um, yeah. because I think it just really demonstrates that even when you go outside of Donald Trump, to your point, all these MAGA Republicans are terrified of Donald Trump. They're each kind of weirder than the next. And um, before Scott announced that he would be running for president today, you know, he lined up a few senators um, who are his colleagues, Republican senators, to basically say they're going to be supporting him. And so you have, for example, from South Dakota, both senators there, John Thune, MAGA Republican. He's not really a MAGA Republican. He's a Republican, but they're all kind of MAGA. And then Mike and then Mike Rounds, the other Republican from South Dakota. And this is what uh, Senator Mike Rounds, Republican, said about Tim Scott. He goes, I think he is the closest to Ronald Reagan that you are going to see. He's going to bring the country together. He's got a great personal story. And by the way, the only personal story that I really remember being shared is that he was a 30-year-old virgin uh, because he said that his evangelical Christian background was such that he was a 30-year-old virgin. But then once he was a politician for about 10 years or so, he said, screw that. And then he was no longer a virgin. By the way, I could care less, but this is what he talks about. Like he brags about 
he ran on the campaign that he was a 30-year-old virgin. And then he was asked in a follow-up, like when he was like, you know, in his mid-40s a few years after. So, hey, now that you're in DC, are you still a virgin? Because that's what you ran on. That that was like his selling point. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, nah, you know, not not anymore. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. But let, let me let me show you though nah. who they are saying is their next. Ronald Reagan. This was, Brett put this montage together though. This was from his speech today announcing his candidacy for the Republican nomination of President of the United States. Play this video. Hello, Charleston! I'm announcing today that I'm running for President of the United States of America! I can't hear you. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. For those of you who wonder if America is a racist country, take a look. America is not a racist country. When I pushed back on President Biden, they even called me the N-word. And I felt four subjects, Spanish and English, world geography, and civics. Civics is the study of politics and the radical left, the far left defunding the police. Less CRT and more ABCs. They're replacing education with indoctrination. We need to stop canceling our founding fathers. America is not a nation. His mic goes out right now. Literal mic drop. <laughs> Please stand. On, He's trying to find a mic for like 10 minutes. Please clap. I'm the candidate <laughs> the far left fears the most. There you go. <laughs> So he's running on the platform that he failed civics and that he failed all of his high school class. Am I missing something? No, nah, it was it was it was pretty brutal. It was it was a pretty brutal speech. Uh, incredibly awkward, and he's polling at I think about one percent right now. I mean, Tim Scott really, unless there is a complete political upheaval that nobody on the planet could have ever expected, has zero chance. And I think it's pretty clear though that he's running to try to be a VP candidate if you're getting in the race when you're at 1%. And the thing I realized from his speech, though, is he's positioning himself as a more kind of traditional Republican in a way, yet at the same time in his entire speech, he did not speak to anything about Donald Trump. He did not push back against Donald Trump whatsoever, any of the horrific things that we know about Trump. Mm -hmm. He really, he, he says the same Republican talking points, but in an incredibly sanitized sort of way. And it's almost like they all go to the same talking point school and they get you know, woke indoctrination and edge schools, they're bad, they're indoctrinating your kids to be liberals and this and that. And, and you just got to roll your eyes through the whole thing. But, you know, in, in, in another world, on another planet where the Republican Party actually values like normalcy and positivity, there's a world where somebody like Tim Scott actually, I think, could do incredibly well in, in a party like that.
Mm-hmm. It's not the world we live in. We live in a world where the Republican Party is incredibly hate-filled. It's not aspirational at all. And if you are trying to legitimately become the nominee of a political party and you refuse to take a single shot at the person who's your main competition, I don't think you're a serious candidate. And that's what we're going to see with all of these candidates, whether it's Tim Scott or whether anybody else enters the, the, the race here. They're all too afraid to say anything about Donald Trump. Brett, you are so right. Didn't, didn't Trump have a very uh, congratulatory tweet, I guess, towards Tim Scott, if you could put it that way, too, after the announcement? Can you pull it up yeah. real quick? Yeah, let me find what, that. What, what, he, does he, it, what does it say? It's a, it says, good luck to Senator Tim Scott in entering the Republican presidential primary race. It is rapidly loading up with lots of people. And Tim is a big step up from Ron DeSantis, who is totally unelectable. I got my blah, 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 blah. Good luck, Tim. Okay, so Brett, to your point here, a few things. This is exactly why, why why Tim Scott's running. He's pulling at those Connor Roy numbers right now because he <laughs> wants to be he wants to be that VP pick, and that's what we're going to see. Every one of these Republicans continue to take the stage and not go after Donald Trump. In fact, they're all probably going to try and fall on the sword and attack DeSantis and Disney and that whole situation with DeSantis just being a failing governor as much as they can to get in the good graces of their dear Lord and daddy, Donald J. Trump, to be the VP candidate. And when we talk about how these MAGA Republicans are WWE characters, is there anything more WWE than what we just saw at Tim Scott than that announcement? He said, can you hear me? I mean, he was going crazy. And I just got to give him this one line because, I mean, it was kind of funny. I mean, ridiculous and dumb and stupid, but funny. Like, we need no more CRT. We need more ABCs. I mean, that, that, that made me laugh. But again, stupid. And he's obviously running just to be the VP candidate. Well, look, you. They, they, they create boogie men and boogie people that they go after. CRT is a made up concept that they've exactly. made up that's taught in grad schools that is basically their way of attacking any type of education that, you know, would normally just talk to people and educate people in what's really happened in our history. It's a way that they replace the truth with their fascist lies and try to indoctrinate. But to to your point, too, I mean, you don't really hear anything about here is what we're going to deliver for the American people. The the, the MAGA Republicans don't have that platform, right? They're not talking about jobs. They're not talking about health care. They're not talking about education other than than book banning. They're not talking about protecting social security. They're talking about right. destroying it. They're not talking about seniors. They're not talking about veterans. They're, they're not talking about any of these issues. And like their big issue, right, is these made up issues, you know, CRT. And their other big issue that they talk about all the freaking time is drag queens, like drag queen this, drag yeah. queen that. And, and they focus on that more than everything. And they want the government to step in to dehumanize people who dress in drag. They want to use big government to take away people's basic humanity, right? And Brett, to your point, you've said this before, I thought it's brilliant. Stop media calling this a culture war issue. It's not a culture war when one side is just saying human beings should be treated like human beings and another side wants to exterminate human beings. That's not a culture war. That's one side of this being hateful and pursuing a path that leads to gender. Right. 
side. Stop calling that a culture war issue. Um, but to that point, they are always filled with projection. They are always filled with hypocrisy. And I want to give a shout out to the social media account Patriot Takes for unearthing this because no one has pioneered this hateful rhetoric towards drag queens more than Marjorie Taylor Greene. She's the leader of that within a bunch of hateful people. She's like the most hateful. Well, what the Patriot Takes account discovered is that her new boyfriend, someone who's on right-wing media, he has his own show on one of these networks, RSBN. His name is Brian Glenn. And just to give you context here, um, it was reported that both Marjorie Taylor Greene and Brian Glenn were cheating on their spouses with each other. They both got divorces. These are people who want to lecture every other American about family values. But then video surfaced of her new boyfriend, Brian Glenn, consistently dressing in drag. And so first, I want to show you the video that the Patriot Takes account unearthed. And then I want to show you what Marjorie Taylor Greene's response to it was, because it truly highlights the utter hypocrisy here. So if you can play this clip, first, let me show you. So to give you the background here, Brian Glenn used to be a local affiliate at various kind of local news networks and was having a fun time, right? He was dressed in drag, smiling, laughing, and looks like at that time before he pursued this kind of hateful agenda, like just, just a cool person, like just enjoying himself. So play this clip though, from a few years back when he dressed in drag. Play this I, I can tell you, I don't think a lot, I think a lot of people are up now. They're all hashtag I am up. Of course, come and check it out here. Starts on Saturday. I'm kicking these shoes off, but I may keep the pantyhose on. It does yeah. feel kind of good, actually. I'm not gonna pee in them, I promise. I'm sitting back in the studio. Cool. You know, if that's what you, if that's what you want to do, perfectly yeah. cool with me and have a good time at I'm it and, 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 and have fun with it. And then I want to show you what Marjorie Taylor Greene wrote, but Brett, let me pass it to you. Well, you know what that reminds me of? It reminds me of Carrie Lake. And it's almost a, a similar situation where Carrie wow. Lake was a local Arizona uh, reporter for the for the local news there. And she was known to frequent drag shows all across Arizona like she was known in the drag scene for being at so many drag shows. And we spoke to one of the drag performers, one of the top drag performers in the country. And he told us all about Carrie Lake's love of drag. And that's great. That's fine. But awesome. But Carrie Lake is one of the main people also like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who has targeted this community, who has put them in the crosshairs. Yet when you look at this footage of them back then, they seem like different people. They seem much happier. They seem like they actually enjoy life. And the whole point is, yes, you should be able to do what you want to do. Right. You should be able to enjoy life. You should be able to go out to whatever show you want to go to without having to worry about the government trying to arrest you, lock you up, trying to shut the place down. And they've just become such this party of big government, of authoritarian control. And they become like – it's like watching like – like zombie like invaders like just take over these people's bodies mm -hmm. once they become MAGA and they just become so hateful and so evil and you look at past footage of them and they are utterly unrecognizable. Yeah. So then we have Marjorie Taylor Greene. She gives her response and I think the response is actually 
incredibly telling here and and, and speaks to a, a lot of her beliefs or, or lack thereof, or rather. It, it exposed her hypocrisy for sure. Marjorie Taylor Greene wrote, I'm, this is in response to the video, I'm literally LOLing. I don't think LOLing is a thing, but laughing out louding. I'm literally LOLing at Brian Glenn, Glenn TV, dressed in drag for morning news in Dallas years ago, reporting on an upcoming local theater production, and the morons over at Patriot Takes think this is an attack. <laughs> Brian loves the throwback and is reposting, crying laughing emoji. The left is so stupid. Ben, thoughts? Well, yeah, well can I, I have a thought first? Yeah. Drew, is yeah. like Marjorie Taylor Greene is obviously very upset by the video. Like I like just, oh, just, she's just, triggered. just right. she is yeah. she's very triggered. Just the use of the emoji saying LOLing. I mean, she was trying to do some damage control in a situation again that really doesn't need damage control. Like if you want to dress in drag, fine, great, all the power to you. The thing is with the MAGA, with the MAGA verse, once you you gotta just go all in, like for these people. If you're a true MAGA, you can't leave the cult because that's what we say all the time. It is, it is a cult, just like Scientology. If you leave Scientology, you become a suppressive person. So that's why the Carrie Lakes of the world, who enjoyed drag shows back in the day, then became MAGA, now have to say that they hate drag. And this is the same thing we're seeing here with Marjorie Taylor Greene's husband. Ben, go ahead. Well, when he goes, I'm literally LOLing, you know, that it's fun. He loves doing it. It's great. By the way, that's actually a normal reaction to it. Whatever is fun. Like if, if that brings you joy and that's happy and it's a throwback, let's, let's embrace, yeah. let's embrace that. That's fine. But let's focus Brett. Now, this is the stuff that she says on a weekly, if not daily basis, when she on her own consistently brings up the topics of drag queens. This is what she said. Play this clip of her. And then they want to make fun of us on on the news and say, oh, right wingers, oh, conservative Americans are upset over drag queens. You're damn right we're upset over drag queens. That's because they have an agenda. You're damn right. Why, why are you upset? They have an agenda. That's what you know. There, there isn't all we're saying. And this is what Democrats need to repeat. If set, if set aside Democrats, what Americans should be focused on, it just happens to align with the Democratic Party, is actual real freedom, not the BS kind of Orwellian double speak use of freedom that MAGA Republicans do, but actually want to turn America into a fascist theocracy. No, the government should just stay out of those things. Right. I don't need Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gates. Lauren Boebert, freaking Jim Jordan, James Comer, Kerry Lake, certainly not Donald Trump in my freaking bedroom. I don't want them in my freaking doctor's office. I don't want them around me. Go away. And yet that is what they are <laughs> obsessed with. They are miserable human beings mm -hmm. who want to bring their misery to others. That's not a political position. It is just an objective fact. Now, let's take a look at the comparison between Marjorie Taylor Greene saying, you're damn right we're mad about drag queens and that hypocrisy. And let's compare that right now. Just let's pick a state at random. Let's take a look at the Democratic success in Minnesota, where Minnesota Democrats just passed guaranteed paid family and medical leave after winning full control of government, right? 
They've already used their new full control to protect abortion rights, LGBTQ rights, pass common sense gun safety reform, including background checks and red flag laws and more. Democrats also just passed a bill to legalize marijuana, and they have a one-seat majority in the state Senate. I want you to hear Minnesota Governor Democrat Tim Walz explain how last year's election changed everything. Play the clip. When, and these things have nothing to do with a threat to the Second Amendment. This is totally about safety of our children and our citizens. And as a 24-year veteran and a lifelong hunter and gun owner, um, I'm not impacted negatively at all on this. And I think we need to take that narrative back. Responsible gun owners that, that do believe that you can, you can have them responsibly, we need to lean into it. So I'm just proud that Minnesota, we're finally able to do it. And are, are you, uh, I guess, expecting any uh, legal challenges uh, to these policies that you're putting into place? Yeah, I, I mean, I think you would have to assume that the folks over at the NRA are going to try to challenge this in the courts. Are you prepared for that fight? How, how might that play out for you? Yeah, we are. We've seen this happen in other states, but these are rock solid. We know that people have the rights to use the judicial branches. So for law enforcement, we use the tools to take these away at the short time, but you petition and can get them back. And we've heard countless stories of families who are incredibly grateful that their loved one got the help they needed, got over the crisis they were at, and, and then got those firearms back. The, the bottom line is 80% of Minnesotans agree with this. The only reason it hasn't been done decades ago as it should have been is, is we didn't have control of the state Senate. Um, last Last year's election in November changed everything. So here in Minnesota, we saw you know a one or two vote uh, senators holding up any hearing, any conversation, anything, and offering thoughts and prayers once a week, you know, and and then moving on. Well, those days are over. Americans expect better. We should demand better. We we don't. There's no reason that we should not be the outlier of all countries. And in Minnesota, we're leaning into it to make sure that we're doing our part to uh, to protect our citizens. America's demand better, Americans deserve better, and when we consistently show you these clips each episode of Democratic members of Congress, Democratic governors, it is a consistent message and not just a narrative. It is something that is actually being implemented. We highlighted here Governor Shapiro of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. He consistently talks about freedom freedom from MAGA Republican big government. And we repeat over and over and over again here that the paradigm that somehow MAGA Republicans are small government conservatives is just wrong. It's just wrong. And none of the polling, none of the analysis that's out there is actually discussing what is before our own very eyes. It is so frustrating for me when I read these profiles from large media networks and they talk about, oh, on the one hand, the right wing conservatives feel this way and the liberal progressives feel this way. I'm like, what's conservative about Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Bo Because they call themselves conservative that now you just have to, because traditionally that was a view held by Republicans. Sorry, they're not conservative anymore. Talk about what and who they really are. And as one thing I should mention too, another great, and Jordy, you pointed this out as well um, in our group chat, that Governor Tim Walls also signed a bill to provide free breakfast and lunch to all Minnesota students at eligible schools, right? Amazing. You 
compare that to what Ron DeSantis is doing. Let, like, let me just say quickly, it's just such a jarring <laughs> difference because you have Republicans constantly, their go-to talking point is, how dare you threaten my children? You stay away from my children. My children, protect the kids, save the children. That's like their mantra, nonstop, over and over and over again. And in what way do they express that? So we need to ban the LGBTQ community. We need to ban drag shows. What about guns? I mean, they're kids getting killed almost every day, every week in schools. Nope, you can't touch those. You can't do anything about that. Kids are going hungry. Like there are, there are, there are kids who are too poor to eat. Like, could we like maybe figure out a program to get the kids who need food, food? Nope, that would be a handout. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. It's just, there's a, such a bizarre disconnect between the kids, the kids, the kids, and then acts absolutely doing nothing to help the kids. In fact, doing the opposite. In fact, inflicting damage on their lives, causing trauma in their lives. Their solutions end up m making trauma in these kids, which lasts for them the rest of their lives. I don't know if you saw in Texas, they're doing some actual like, like, like shooting trauma training to have them like that. That's their solution <sighs> to gun violence, to have kids like do these drills where they train how to like bandage bloody bodies. And, and on, I mean, man. that is going to do yeah, more. They're to teaching children how to respond like military war zone paramedics. And <sighs> so when they go to kindergarten, they have to learn how you treat people's wounds in a war zone. I remember when we grew up, you, you would have, have some minimal training, at least in like CPR, right? So the That's kids there are- and roll. I, I expected to be caught on fire far more in my life than <laughs> I was ever caught on fire with the amount that we had stop, drop, and roll drilled into our minds. Here's the thing too. It, it's it's what we say on the show, these MAGA Republicans, you, you can't call them conservative, right? You, you also can't call them pro-life because they're not pro-life. They're pro-force birth because sure as hell, once you're born, they don't give a damn shit about you. And that's seen every single day, every week on the news when there's another school shooting and they say, oh, now is not the time to talk about this. No, we can't touch the gun topic now. Now is not the right time. Well, now is the right time. You got it. it it's so frustrating. It just sad. Ben, sorry. I, I think I interrupted you as you were going to talk about Ron DeSantis rubbing snot on a gentleman. I was, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna hit Ron DeSantis rubbing <laughs> snot in a, in a second, but you talk about how um, ultimately the MAGA Republicans will say a bill to provide free breakfast and lunch to all students. They'll say that's a handout, right? Meanwhile, in the debt ceiling negotiations, President Biden is like, what we need to do is close some of the tax loopholes that are actually giving handouts to billionaires. So why don't we do that? That's a good way that we can raise the revenue and decrease the deficit. And the MAGA Republicans, when they were asked the question at a press conference, a reporter said, well, what do you think about closing those tax loopholes and figuring out how to make billionaires pay more money. They literally laughed like arrogant pricks. They were like, oh, you clearly aren't listening to our priorities. Our focus is to cut the free breakfast programs that are being done at the federal level. And Brett, you talk about how MAGA Republicans, and I wrote this down as you were saying it, um, how they use um, they talk about, we're doing this for the kids, we're doing it for the kids. But meanwhile, they're actually doing the opposite while Democrats are actually, are delivering things. Right. 
actual tangible things for the kids. What MAGA Republicans consistently do is use things and people as props, as symbols, but actually they do the exact opposite, right? So they say, we're doing this for our kids. BS, you're not doing it for the kids. They talk about guns, but they don't really care about actual guns. Like if you look how they hold guns in the photographs, these people have no clue actually how to use the weaponry that they proclaim to freaking love because it's performative. And if you actually speak to real responsible gun owners, real responsible gun owners say, I'm fine. I I get it. Like I love hunting more than the next person, but let's have and make sure that we have other responsible gun owners out there. Meanwhile, you have like the MAGA Republicans, they put the guns in these photographs like on like in their crotch. It's like some of the weirdest photographs in the most dangerous placement of guns imaginable, right? They say they love the flag, they love the Bible, they love the constitution, and they just use the symbols over and over again, but pursue policies that are directly opposite those mm-hmm. things. And I do think, look, One of the things that Democrats need to do more because the policies are actually in furtherance of the things they profess to want to help, Democrats still need to recognize, though, that symbolism is important to not think in such an ivory tower way to ignore the symbolism, but to actually do also and engage in the conduct, marry the symbolism with the actual conduct, and that is a winning strategy, and then call out the Republicans for just engaging in their performative, snotty nonsense. And speaking of their snotty nonsense, nonsense. Here's Ron DeSantis at his event. I think this was in Iowa, like wiping snot on everybody. Ew, I mean, a broader serious point about this individual um, and his despicable policies, but he's so out of touch. He's so out of touch. He's like a, he's a, like a fascist robot and he just takes his snot and wipes it on people. Snot. Because when he does it, it makes it worse than snot. It makes it sure. Okay. I buy it. I buy it. I buy it. It's not he's he's worse than snot. Like like occasionally I get snot, but DeSantis gets snot. Snot. Like it's, snot. it's like <laughs> <laughs> it, it is wor- it is a it is worse. It is far more See, disgusting right. than most human than most human behavior. But like you remember back during the pandemic when DeSantis couldn't put the mask on and he put the mask on the wrong way. Yeah, and he, yeah. like, like there were signs of this then, but the media just wanted to glorify him so much. But play this video clip that you created, Brett, of him wiping his snot on people. Crazy. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah. Okay, bad. don't back down. We won't back. Hand on the nose. Hand on the shoulder. Oh, no. Oh, no. Let let me take my snot and wipe it on you. Like, I mean, just be very like he knows the cameras on him. Like you shouldn't do that even in your like in private behavior. But like you're in a public place and it just makes you think, right, that if you're willing to do that in a public place, I mean, I I, I won't even go. I won't even go through what this disgusting person must be doing in private. But what he's doing in public and the broader point I want to make as well, though, is you know, he's so out of touch. 
number one, but his policies that he's put forward, if you want to even call them that, have been so damaging. I don't want to play this full TikTok. It'll be in another video that that we do, but it showed a teacher in a Florida school and all these TikToks are coming out now because when you engage in this fascist performative BS that actually has consequences, it starts to have an impact. And look, you go and you inherit like Florida as a governor, a beautiful state. It's got beautiful weather. It's got incredible people. It's got a vibrant economy. Like you could pretty much put Florida in autopilot and get congratulated for being like a great governor, um, a great, great governor. But what he does is he starts implementing all of these hateful policies that ends up, you know, attacking children, attacking marginalized group, attacking immigrants who they rely on for labor. So you start getting all of these videos out there of like him taking the books away from from children and the fact that there aren't immigrants working on projects that they need to work on. And what you and, and here's their plan that they always do. And you see the pattern over and over again at a national level, at a state level. They like, you know, like a Democrat comes in and like writes the ship, actually has to roll up their sleeve, do work, like lower the deficit, like figure crap out, right? The Republican comes in and then they like tank it. They put it on a track to failure. Then a Democrat comes in and like, see, look what you did. Look what you did. Look what you did. As we talk about the debt ceiling, it's like, yeah, what, what, I, I want to get your final thoughts on DeSantis, but Donald Trump is responsible for 25 to 30% of all of our debt. He's responsible for like $7 trillion in the deficit. And it's not a surprise, not a shock. Every economist was saying when you give tax cuts for billionaires and you do things like private jet and yacht exemptions where people can hoard their money, people being billionaires, and you're not collecting revenues and you have no other way to raise revenues, you're going to have a deficit. That's what's going to happen. So it's not a shock. And then to be lectured by these morons, to be lectured by the arsonists about why there's so much fire is one of the most frustrating experiences as they go, we need to talk about fiscal responsibility. You idiot, you did it. You freaking did it, you moron. The reason we're in this situation is because of you. And they have no shame. There is no depth to their depravity and shame, Brett. Every single time. And going back to DeSantis, I just want to you know, emphasize some of the books that DeSantis was having removed from this Florida school. And you can watch the full video you know, right now on our Instagram, instagram.com slash minus touch. It's, it's on there. Um, but you know, the excuse they try to make for these books is they say they're overly sexualized, they're pornographic. I'll go through some of the books right now. There's a book on Judaism. Uh, there's a book that's called Hate Groups, which is about hate groups. There's a book called Black Eagles, African Americans in Aviation. It's a historical book about African Americans in aviation. Uh, there's a book called Hispanic America, Texas and the Mexican War, a book on Pocahontas. Like uh, These are not controversial books that they are removing from the schools. And I think it's important, and I, I, I'm appreciative of that uh, school employee mm-hmm. for sharing this video. I worry about the backlash she's going to get because this video yep. has gone incredibly viral, but that's also what DeSantis does. He's very thin-skinned. He does not like any dissent. And you could see it 
on him when he goes out into the real world that he's really not used to interacting with anybody outside of his own kind of DeSantis bubble. And I, before we move on from DeSantis, I have to, have to, have to play this clip of DeSantis in New Hampshire, which is one of the single weirdest, cringiest, like y'all are going to get such secondhand embarrassment by watching this clip right now of him. Just what, first off, he, you could tell he's like harboring a lot of anger and resentment inside of him as he speaks to people, but just watch as he tries to actually communicate with the public here in New Hampshire. It's, it's so awkward. How are you doing? Good, sir. Wow, look at this. You guys been, hi, how are you guys? Good to see you. So what do you got? Go right over here? Okay, good deal, good deal. Wow, crowded, huh? Good, hey, how are you doing? It smells really good, I'll tell you that. So we'll do it, okay. How you doing? Good. What's, What's your name? I'm Tim Hampton. Okay. How are you? I'm wonderful. It's great to be up in New Hampshire. Oh, how are you guys doing? Good to see you. Stay tuned. He goes, what's your name? <laughs> Tim Anthony. The, the response is, nice to meet you. <laughs> great to meet you. Great to see you here. You got a beautiful restaurant. The guy said, my name is whatever, Tim Anthony. And, there was, and he goes, okay. Um, smells good in here. It smells good. <laughs> the guy, I mean, the guy doesn't know how to how to interact with other human beings. You know who he reminds me of? I think we may have made this point in the show once before. You remember the first Men in Black, Edgar? Where, like when the alien takes over the the human body and then like walks around as a human. Every time you see DeSantis do one of these like weird laughs or these encounters where he's trying to act like a human and talk to people, <laughs> there he is, right there, Edgar from Men in Black. Yes, that is who Ron DeSantis is, man. He he just does not know how to be a normal person. It's, it's bizarre. You know, there was another clip of DeSantis too, which I'm not going to play because there was copyrighted music in it and they'll kick us off YouTube. Uh, but there was another clip that was similar to that in Iowa where the guy goes to DeSantis. He goes, I just drove out two hours to see you. It's so good to meet you. And DeSantis goes, oh, that's cool. Okay. And then keeps <laughs> <laughs> turns his back on him right away. No, no. <laughs> the guy goes, uh, I drove, whatever was it, hour to see you, two hours to see you. He's like, oh, okay, all right. And then he's <laughs> and the guy, by the way, the guy was like a state senator from, I forget which state, from another state though. It wasn't, you know, he, he wasn't just, I mean, you should be nice to anybody who comes to your event. Sure. But he goes, I'm a state senator from X state. I came to see him. <laughs> Okay, so it smells good in here. Okay, okay. Here, I, I think DeSantis is also on autopilot. I, I, I could be wrong here. I think the first person whose hand he shakes, thinking it's a random person in the diner, is a DeSantis staffer. Hilarious. <laughs> and he was just oh, on no, autopilot. He's getting a practice handshake in. And just, and just immediately reached oh, for the guy because he was unbelievable. Are you pulling up a video or? No, no, I, I could, I could play the video again. No, no, no. I mean, we don't. We definitely don't need to go through that one one more time. But um, one quick thing on DeSantis: Do we think the same finger that he uses to rub the schnot on people is also the same finger he uses for the pudding? It's the schnot to pudding pipeline. Yeah, it's of a course, not because the pudding it the, in it, the it, mouth. It wasn't a finger. It, it was his. It, it's it's uh, anyway. Let's talk about special counsel Jack Smith's breakthroughs in his criminal investigation. And for everybody saying though. All right, Ben, you keep talking about breakthroughs. You keep talking about evidence. I want to hear indictments. And to you, I say, yes, I agree. However, <laughs> if you go back and watch the videos that I've made, 
I now everyone's saying, oh, it's going to happen August, September. That's when I said it was going to happen. So the timeline here is consistent with when we predicted it would actually happen. So if we're having these conversations in December or late November, then I'm like, look, I'm usually right on these things. I'm I'm sorry. I all the data pointed in that direction. I have a pretty good predictive record on all the other indictments. I think I'm pretty zeroed in on Fulton County District Attorney Fawny Willis when she's going to indict. I think I was pretty much spot on when it came to the Manhattan District Attorney. Heck, I said that Eugene Carroll was going to file another, you know, an an additional amended complaint based mm-hmm. on the new allegations. And so this is consistent still with the timeline that we've been talking about. Um, and so all of these breakthroughs are in addition to the information that we previously had been, you know, that we thought was smoking guns. So look, Jack Smith and how he's been developing this investigation um, has been exactly what you want a prosecutor to be. And some of these new findings are going to even enhance, I think, the uh, the charges that we've discussed that we believe are going to be brought. I think there's going to be ultimately like a hundred plus count indictment when it's ultimately brought. Let's talk about that. But first, let's take a quick break. This is sponsored by Miracle Made Sheets. Now, whether you want to get more fit or be a better parent or get more done at work, there's one thing that will help, and that's better sleep. With Miracle Made Sheets, you can tap into the power of self cooling temperature regulation, which has been shown to improve deep sleep quality by over 20%. Now, using silver infused fabrics originally inspired by NASA, Miracle Made Sheets are thermoregulating and designed to keep you at the perfect temperature all night long, so you get better sleep every night. These sheets are infused with silver that prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets. No more gross odors. Miracle sheets are luxuriously comfortable without the high price tag of other luxury brands and feel as nice, if not nicer, than bed sheets used from some of the five-star hotels. Stop sleeping on bacteria. Clean sheets means less bacteria to clog your pores and fewer breakouts and other skin problems. Go to trymiracle.com slash Midas to try Miracle Made Sheets today. And with Mother's Day and Father's Day right around the corner, this is the perfect way to give someone you love the gift of better and more luxurious sleep. Save over 40% off and be sure to use our promo code MIDAS at checkout to save even more and get three free towels. Miracle is so confident in their product that it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash Midas and use the code Midas to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash Midas to treat yourself. Let's go. Let's go. By the way, those sheets, super comfortable, feel super luxurious. And you don't pay, you don't, you don't have to pay the luxurious prices for them. Check them out. Check them out. Use you know our what code. I mean? It's super yeah. helpful. 
I really like that sponsor. You know what I like to see too? I've been seeing this in the chat room and Brett, maybe you could explain how it goes down in the YouTube chat because it may be a little bit so advanced for my uh, technology skills. I see people who are becoming members on the YouTube and then they're buying memberships if they're already a member. I see them gifting memberships for other people. And that's why some of the people have the membership uh, button. So if you wanted, explain it to me, Brett, because I'm probably like some people in there who are not quite as technologically savvy as you. So if I wanted to become a member on the YouTube or gift memberships to people, how do I do that? Do you know? yeah, there's a there's a uh, a little icon underneath our videos that says join, and it allows you to join as a member of YouTube. Ultimately, this is a separate thing from the Patreon, but it's just another way that you could help support and help grow the network. Um, you could become a network. There are a few different tiers on on YouTube as well. Uh, you hit the join button, and then you could also, like you said, you could gift memberships to other people, which is pretty cool. A pretty cool way to loop other people in. And so I think you do all that by just hitting uh, by just hitting join, and, and there's also a dollar sign under the chat um but that's really the extent of the my membership thing is really cool too because once yeah. you become a member on on the youtube channel you get like a star next to your name so like when you go in the chat you like pop up to the top or whatever and it's, it's really cool yeah and i'm trying to do some cool new things with it more. too i to be honest, I, I got to look into it more because I know there are ways that we could do custom emojis for folks also, which could be yeah, cool. Yeah, we got to put like, more, get, absolutely. Like, get like our icons and our faces and, you know, Ooh, fun things. Just like maybe our that. branded logo or something. Ooh, and we could shades. do exclusive polls also to the people who are members and ask them questions, exclusive community posts, things like that. So, so yeah. So I love it. That, that's awesome. All right. So before so, we get back into it, Ben, I just wanted to make sure that your back isn't hurting from you patting yourself on the back too hard. <laughs> talking about how you nailed all those predictions. So I, I'm actually being kind. I want to do it for you because I don't think I don't think you properly pad yourself in the back hard enough. You haven't been wrong, Ben. Like we talk about on the network all the time that we're very data driven here, and that's a data first approach. We just read, and and when I say we read, I mean mostly Ben's reading all these filings and going through them like crazy. Brett too, and really just to understand granularly, like. What is going on and, and what's going to happen? Ben, you have not missed a prediction once. And so I wanted to appropriately give you your flowers. Jordy, I appreciate it. But at the end of the day, it all means nothing if Donald Trump isn't held accountable at the end of the day. And you can take these data points, like just look at special counsel Jack Smith's background, right? A war crimes prosecutor. We knew people who knew Jack Smith. And so when you say, well, why did you bring in Jack Smith, a war crimes prosecutor to investigate Donald Trump for precisely the reason that we're seeing right now? He knows how to deal with the tactics of like war crimes. Criminals. And that's how Donald Trump interacts. Like, yeah, Donald Trump is using new media, but it's the same authoritarian playbook. So you see all of these posts from Donald Trump that he makes every single day. And Jack Smith just does his job head down, you know, doing the hard work each and every day. And Donald Trump just whines and whines and whines and lies. And Jack Smith, 
doesn't take the bait, doesn't respond to it, just issues subpoenas, gets people to go before uh, the grand jury in Washington, D.C., and keeps on building the body of evidence against Donald Trump. But when you see Trump posting like, boom, 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 you know something is up. And so when we woke up this morning and there were tons of different <laughs> reports about what special counsel Jack Smith was pursuing, yeah, Brett's just showing for those on audio, like all of these kind of all caps posts and other posts where he blames Joe Biden and just mentions Chinatown because Trump's a racist and has to mm. mention Chinatown conspiracies and all of these weird, you know, weird, strange things. But, you know, one of the things we learned is that uh, he got this. We know that he got these notes from one of Trump's lawyers, uh, Evan Corcoran. And the way he got the notes, normally those types of notes are privileged, meaning they're confidential and a prosecutor can't have access to them. But a federal judge had made a finding that the crime fraud exception applied. In other words, Donald Trump was utilizing this lawyer, Evan Corcoran, either intentionally or unwittingly uh, to pursue obstruction of justice, to pursue the crime of obstruction of justice. So those notes no longer get the protection of confidentiality under attorney-client privilege. And what we're learning from this great report by The Guardian and others is that it's like 50 pages of the most detailed notes. And Trump is super pissed that Evan Corcoran, his lawyer, like took these detailed notes. Like nobody knew that Corcoran was documenting everything. And Corcoran probably does realize that MAGA stands for make attorneys get attorneys. Mm -hmm. And Corcoran was the one who was involved in responding to the Department of Justice's subpoena before there was a search warrant back in May of 2022, right? Saying, turn over all of the remaining classified records that you have um, in the next 30 days. And so Corcoran went into Mar-a-Lago, went into the storage facility. He was brought there by one of Trump's personal aides, someone named Walt Nauta, who worked at the White House. And Corcoran spent a few days going through all of the records. And Corcoran found 40 new classified records. So on June 3rd of 2022, he and Christina Bob set up a meeting with the Department of Justice. They turn over uh, these 40 records and they sign. It's Bob who actually signs it, but it's based on them together. An attestation under penalty of perjury saying that all of the remaining classified documents have been returned after a diligent search. Of course, that's false. Right. The Department of Justice executed a search warrant uh, at Mar-a-Lago on August 8th of 2022. They found hundreds of other classified records um, and thousands of other government records and lots of classified folders that were uh, classified marking folders that were empty. So just a complete lie in that uh, declaration that was given to the DOJ. So the question becomes, like, did this lawyer just like intentionally lie like you know, he's got a legal license. Is, is he willing to just, just go to jail for Donald Trump like that? And, and what's going on? But when you delve into these notes, like we don't have a copy of these notes, but what it seems that happens from all of the reporting is that Trump used this personal aide, Walt Nauta, that when Corcoran would basically, like Corcoran couldn't be in the storage room at all times, right? So like Corcoran would be like waiting by the pool area at Mar-a-Lago. And then, you know, what the implication is, at least, is that Walt Nauta would then come or somebody else would come and then move the records, like the other records that Trump wanted from the storage unit 
to other areas in Mar-a-Lago so that Corcoran believed that he actually had all of the classified records, um, but he didn't. There were other ones that were being shuffled around. Now, we also know that Jack Smith subpoenaed the surveillance footage, but there are gaps in the surveillance footage. So some portions of the surveillance footage show this Walt Nauta moving the boxes around at the relevant time period after the subpoena was issued. So think about that. DOJ issues a subpoena and this Walt Nauta, who at first denied doing this to the DOJ, but then they got the surveillance footage. He's moving boxes around. You can't move the boxes around. That in and of itself is obstruction of justice, right? But what it seems that he may have been doing is moving these boxes around while Evan Corcoran was trying to find the other classified documents. But from these surveillance cameras, the footage that was turned over, there are gaps in it. There's missing surveillance footage. So this is how it all connects together. Remember, we talked two weeks ago, the Calamaris, the father and the son, that they went before the grand jury. Calamari Sr., Matt Calamari Sr., he's the COO. His son, Calamari Jr., is the head of security. They're in charge of the security cameras. So they're filling in the gaps about why was that security footage deleted or missing or why are there gaps in it or why is that being tampered with? it. So you put all of this together and you start having a very compelling case of obstruction of justice. So those notes were hugely helpful. And by the way, you know who's also saying this? Trump's lawyers. Like, do we have this clip of like, let, let me, this is Trump's former White House lawyer. First, let me play the Ty Cobb clip. This is Trump's former White House lawyer. Like this person defended Donald Trump in the Russia investigation. Like this person is not like a like a a like he backed Trump up and covered for Trump during some what of the most he, despicable. He, he's starting to speak against Trump, so that means he's a Democrat, just <laughs> like uh, just like Christopher Ray and Bill Barr, right? Uh, so play, so play this. this clip of Donald Trump's former White House lawyer Ty Cobb. What he has to say? Do you yeah, think I the actual w- charges will be and, and 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 will and in them would Trump be looking at jail time? So I wouldn't, if it was me, uh, based on my own prosecutorial career, I would not necessarily expand the case to try to prove the uh, uh, espionage act mm. piece of it, because there's so much evidence of guilty knowledge on the evidence on the uh, espionage piece that all they really have to do is show that Trump moved these documents at various times um, uh, when DOJ was either demanding them or actually present, uh, that he um, uh, filed falsely with the Justice Department, had his lawyers file falsely with the Justice Department an affidavit to the effect that there were that none existed, which was you know uh, shattered by the documents that they then discovered uh, after the search, and the many other misrepresentations that he and others have made on his behalf uh, with regard to uh, his possession of classified documents. So I think this is a I think this obstruction case is a tight case. Uh, and yes, I do think he'll go to jail on it. I do think he will go to jail on it. But let's just show you his other lawyers. Okay. This is Bill Barr, his former attorney general, who covered for him at all times, including bringing on this John Durham guy who was like the ultimate in propaganda, like bringing Durham on and weaponizing the DOJ like that, and basically empowering Durham to prepare some BS 300-page report that at the end of the day, 
asked for no prosecutions like that. If, you know, when they go, it was the crime of the century in, in Durham's report. Okay. If it was the crime of the century, then why didn't you charge anybody with a crime? And the two people you charged with the crime were found not guilty. Your literal mandate was to charge people with crimes and to make recommendations for crimes. Like I love when the Republicans are right now, if people are in charge after this report, that was his freaking job. <laughs> Durham and by the way, in the Durham report, he rehashed the same charges that he charged like Sussman with. He he relitigated his cases that he lost in court. He was laughed out of court with, but he put them in the report as if they were accurate just to show you how bunk the whole thing is. But let's show you Bill Barr and Bill Barr's thoughts on Donald Trump here. Given the developments in the grand jury, do you believe that special counsel Jack Smith is close to a charging decision? I would think they'd want to do it before the end of the year. Uh, and, um, you know, it could be in the, later in the summer or in the fall, you know, would be the earliest I would expect it. And why that timing? Well, because if they're close, if they're close to a decision, I think the process of, you know, reviewing that and socializing it with the attorney general and so forth, uh, and buddy, buttoning it up, uh, would probably take that long. All right. So you have Ty Cobb, you have Bill Barr. And now I'm going to show you Tim Parlatori, Trump's other former lawyer who was leading the team, the defense team in connection with Jack Smith's ongoing criminal investigation into the theft of records. So he just resigned. And you'll hear why he said that he resigned. And he basically said that one of Trump's other lawyers, Boris Epstein, was interfering with the defense that he was trying to put on and embracing Donald Trump's view that he could steal whatever he he wants to steal. Here, play this clip. Infighting is certainly nothing new uh, in, in Trump world. Is there any specific instance of something that he did to, as you say, prevent you from being able to properly represent your client? Oh, sure. I mean, there was, he served as kind of a, um, a filter to prevent us from getting information to the client and getting information from the client. Uh, in my opinion, he was not very honest with us or with the client on certain things. Uh, there were certain things like the searches that he had attempted to interfere with. And then more recently, as we're coming down to the end of this investigation where Jack Smith and ultimately Merrick Garland is going to make a decision as to what to do, as we put together our defense strategy uh, to help educate Merrick Garland as to how best uh, to handle this matter, he was preventing us from engaging in that strategy. Uh, you said that Boris tried to prevent you from conducting searches. What searches are those? Th this is the searches at uh, Bedminster um, initially. Uh, there was a lot of pushback from him where he didn't want us doing the search, and we had to eventually overcome him. Why didn't he want you doing the search? I don't know. Uh, you know, Boris is, uh, you know, he is a lawyer. He spent about 18 months at a big firm doing transactional work, and I think he just thinks based on the experience, he knows better than all of us. By the way, Boris Epstein is like my Wario. He went to law school with me. Did you know that? <laughs> he did? He's like the he's he's like Wario. The, he's my Wario. I'm Mario, and he's Wario. At he's the like same the time as you? He graduated the year before I went there. So I never met him. So he graduated. He looks a lot older than you. Yeah, he graduated. Well, well, hey, 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 ages people, quickly. <laughs> that's why he's Wario. He graduated, I think, Georgetown, I want to say in 2006 
or 2007. And so we did not directly meet there. I I, I, I want to point this out, though. Like what that lawyer just said there, Tim Parlatori, like, and he said it kind of so like nonchalantly too. Like, it's not normal what he just said. You know, <laughs> he, he was he was asked, did another like lawyer interfere with criminal searches and and try to like engage in like unlawful conduct? And he goes, sure, absolutely. Like, he's just not really an odd. Like, what? Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, like you saw the interviewer had to pull it back for a second. Like, what do you mean interfere with searches? Like, this isn't like interfering with Google searches of like how many, you know, how many bees are does it take to make a beehive? Like, he's not interfering with like, <laughs> like he's not interfering with Google searches, you That's know, that, that, that just that meets his fancy. Like, he's interfering He's accusing another lawyer of obstructing justice just mm-hmm. very casually and going on CNN and saying, yeah, 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 he, 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 he's a dishonest, he's a dishonest person who was, who was trying to, who was trying to obstruct justice, which is a 20 year prison sentence. Like the way he deadpan just threw <laughs> Boris Epstein for a 20 year prison sentence. You know, when people sometimes watch the videos that I do of Donald Trump's other lawyer, Jenna Ellis, who contracted COVID via fart by Donald Trump's other lawyer, Rudy yeah, Giuliani. And when it. I talk about that on the videos, sometimes I'll just say it very like, again, nonchalantly, I'll be like, and, you know, she, you know, Jenna Ellis, she contracted COVID by a fart from Rudy Giuliani, like the way it was. So he was like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obstructed justice, 20 year prison sentence. Very, very dishonest man. So why did he do it? <laughs> Beats me. I'm out. <laughs> I'm gone. See you later. I mean, it's kind of wild. It's incredibly wild. And it's pretty wild that, you know, not only to quit in the middle, kind of pretty soon before charging decisions are going to be made. I mean, that's a huge red flag if you are Donald Trump. But to quit and then the first thing you do is run to the media to tell the media that another lawyer working with your former client committed obstruction of justice. I mean, that's on a whole other level. I think this is another thing that I think we should all be kind of very focused on over these next few weeks. I think it sort of will help us read the the magic eight ball, so to speak, of what's going on and what the Republican Party thinks about Donald Trump and his chances for going to jail or prison, because honestly, nobody wants Trump, I think, more to go to jail. Well, I think we all do. But the Repub- most of the Republicans, let's face it, even though they talk a big game and they go, we're MAGA, Trump, 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 they want, they, they, they want the guy, a lot of them want the guy gone as well. They want, they want his people, but they don't want him. They want to be the ones to step into power. And I think we're already starting to notice now a bunch of new people join the Republican primary. And I think that is kind of an interesting marker. There was just a report out while we were doing this show that Glenn Youngkin is now reconsidering a bid for 2024. So I think when you see these figures who would otherwise have no shot and probably still have no shot of the nomination, now kind of reading the tea leaves and seeing what's happening in all these investigations, I think some of them who are a little skeptical to step in the ring at first, who are now going, you know what, maybe there's a slim teeny path because maybe something mm-hmm. will happen. I think that's the calculus that a lot of these people are are, are making on the Republican side. Uh, Do you at the end of it, the, at the end of it, the Trump lawyer is like, like 
they have to be at least a little bit intelligent, right? To become a lawyer, I assume like there's like a level of intelligence that you that, that you just have innately. You would think. What Parlator is doing here, Parlator is doing here, and correct me if if I'm wrong or misguided in my assessment, is he's just really trying to dust his hands of, of any culpability or or responsibility of what may or may not have happened under his time serving Trump and just, you know, putting it on Boris. I'm not going to correct you because you're 100% right. That's a data point right there where I look at it and I go, he probably sees that a lot of lawyers are going to be charged with obstruction of justice. He does not want to be grouped into the Boris Epstein crew. And he's just enough is enough. And by the way, his whole legal defense strategy was complete BS. But as I've analyzed it before, and again, I'm just giving you the sober legal analysis, his legal defense strategy was the only one Trump could actually have if you're trying to legitimately defend it, just blame somebody else for it. He was trying to blame the GSA and White House staff and say it was just spillage. The documents accidentally came over. This was one big misunderstanding, and it got elevated to the DOJ too quickly. Total BS. But that's actually, if you were trying to attack it as a defense lawyer, that's how you would pursue it. And for people who are like, oh, Ben, don't give away the strategy now. Too late. Donald Trump's already blew a blow in that strategy. <laughs> Sorry, Brett. What were you going to say? I was going to say, and it was Parlatori who was the guy, speaking of sh- shitty excuses, uh, he, he was the guy who gave the excuse for Trump having the folder, right? Like the, oh, he used the confidential folder to cover the nightlight. Like there was that that lie. I'm pretty sure that was a, a that was Timothy a- Parlatori special. Jordy, what are you watching behind you? Is there like a movie going on behind you? <laughs> Jordy, no, you're no. gonna get us. You're gonna get yeah. us claimed. You're gonna yeah, get. You're, you're gonna get video taken down. Take, everyone, yeah, take everyone, ev- okay, everyone, <laughs> calm down. First of all. It was obviously not my intention for that to be playing. I don't even know what that was. Second of all, Jordy, what do you watch? The funny thing is, we could tell the audio listeners you were watching anything. Jordy, how dare you? <laughs> well, that's you why they really that's, watching. That's, that's that why they need to subscribe the- to the Midas Ledge YouTube channel. We're on our way to 1.5 million subscribers, so subscribe right now. The other thing, which really is is not going to add anything of value to this conversation, but please, every time I hear that, the time. Thank you. Every time I hear the Ty Cobb lawyer, I, I just immediately think about the baseball player. Like it's just the first association that pops in my mind. And I know our listeners think of it too. So do you know, you, do, do, let, let, let me answer the question everybody wants to know though. Do you know how many? How many, how many what? what? How many honeybee, how many bees are in a honeybee colony to build it? A honeybee colony, this is Google. This is, this is the type of searches. Honeybee colonies consist of 382. Honeybee colonies consist of a single queen, hundreds of male drones, and 20,000 to 80,000 female exactly worker I bees. I would never have that, – that, that, that's some new knowledge right there. Like, by the way, don't you ever just Google search? Like, over the weekend, I wanted to know, like, okay, every time I listen to a song on the radio, is the artist getting paid for the song and, like, how much right. money per yeah. – so these are things that no, I Google. I don't Meanwhile, do that. Meanwhile, on the MAGA side, they're apparently um, obstructing searches over classified documents. I do it for actors, though, Ben. I do it for (laughs) actors in movies all the time. Was he in this movie? Was she in that movie? I I do that. Those are primarily my Google searches. Brett, what about you? What are you Googling? I was going to say, come here for the politics. Leave with some (laughs) B knowledge that you didn't expect to have. Let let me get us back. Let me get us back on track here, though. Special counsel, Jordy, stop getting us off track there with those that allergy. I'm just, (laughs) just joking. It's all me. 
Special counsel Jack Smith also we're learning um, from a report that just hit the wire on CNN. Uh, he's focused on uh, Donald Trump's business dealings, the Trump organization's business dealings with uh, multiple other uh, other countries and how that relates to his stolen documents. China, France, Turkey, Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, UAE, Oman, um, since he took office from 2017 to the present, his various business dealings. We previously reported here, and New York Times broke the other story also, that they were focused on the live a golf tournament backed by the Saudi Arabian government and the Saudi Arabian Sovereign Wealth Fund. They gave $2 billion to Jared Kushner, even though he's not a money manager, to manage their money. Um, and also the leader of Saudi Arabia, MBS, said that he has Jared Kushner in his pocket. He he said that to the press, like mocking Jared Kushner. And he also talked about how Jared Kushner gave him the enemies list uh, for Saudi Arabian enemies. And then they summarily executed people as a result. If you want to really talk about uh, self-dealing and family engaging in the most corrupt practices. Why don't we start with the fact that Trump's kids who were actually in the White House, who were given, even though they didn't qualify for security clearance, were made the secretaries of everything and made decisions that destroyed millions of people's lives and ruined so much in our great country. How about they made close to $700 million over the four years they were in the White House? In addition to the two billion quid pro quo they got right after, how, how about that become a focus? I know large media wants to focus on whatever BS propaganda that MAGA losers like to spread, but let's focus on the reality, please. Here, but look, we know that Donald Trump is not taking these records, you know, and documents because he wants to put them as kind of vanity posters on his wall. Sure, he he'll do that, but. He'll turn those into books. Like we know about that. He wrote a book. Well, he didn't write it. He put letters that he received from foreign genocidal maniacs. And rather than write an autobiography, he released a book called Letters to Trump. Letters he received from Kim Jong Un and Vladimir Putin and Kerry Lake. He made a whole coffee table book about that. So we know that he will do some of that for vanity, but it's always with the transactional end, right? He sold those books for like hundreds of dollars per book. And I think there's even one package of those books that he sold for like a thousand dollars per book. Yeah. But we know, I mean, like he said, he said, when it comes to Richard Nixon, he said, Richard Nixon got paid $18 million for stealing government records, which by the way, they passed all of these laws after Richard Nixon because he engaged in criminal conduct. Number one, number two, comparing yourself to a criminal is pretty freaking telling. But number three, you see that he's already He's already announced that publicly. Like, let's not like I. I know people are he all. He said it search. on Hannity's show. <laughs> like he said I, it on I, primetime I, cable. I, yeah, like I know we're in search of smoking guns and all of this stuff. But if there was a secret text message where Donald Trump wrote an email that said, "Russia, if you're listening, I want you to hack into my political opponents' emails and the Democrats, you know, email accounts," you'd go, "Oh my God, they found it." Yeah, when he says it publicly. It's yep. still saying it. It's still the same thing. When he brags about the reasons why he stole records is to use them transactionally, he told you his motive. He told you his intent. He thought on one hand that he could take these documents and sell them back 
to the government for tens of millions of dollars or trade them for other dirt or whatever the hell that this mafia idiot wanted. So he told you that, but you better believe too, and this is definitely my opinion, I'd love to hear your opinion, that everything he does is transactional. So when he takes these records and he's in negotiations with foreign countries, even if he's not directly giving these records and saying, okay, if we do the deal in Oman, I'm going to give you these records. He doesn't have to do it. The mere fact that he has possession of these records and they know that gives him an advantage of why a foreign adversary would want to pay him money when no banks will lend him money because of the crimes the Trump organization has been convicted of and everything he's been accused of and every single thing that he's done, it is obvious to me, in my opinion, a clear quid pro quo. And people are like, it's unclear exactly what special counsel Jack Smith's focus. What do you think he's focused on? <laughs> Duh. What, do you, what do you think the focus is on relating to the um, document investigation, Brett Jordy? Yeah, and you know, the thing that Trump is smart about in his criminal dealings, I will give it to him for this one thing, is he doesn't use a cell phone, he doesn't text, he doesn't do emails, he stays away from all that. So for the most part, there is really no written record of most of Donald Trump's crimes. But he veers off the cliff when he goes on Hannity and then admits to his crimes or speaks to his intent, or he goes on his social mm -hmm. media app that he created or had, you know, paid money to have people create and writes out his crimes and admits to crimes and, and gives the uh, prosecutors his horrific defense. So, and that's also why those notes, by the way, the Evan Corcoran notes that Jack Smith received, that's why those are so important as well, because they are the closest thing to actual firsthand, they are firsthand notes, first of all, but it's the closest thing to actually getting in Trump's mind and getting his writings himself, which we have through his his uh, truth social posts and all of his statements that he makes on cable and the like. So Trump is really boxed in right now with all these statements. As we were saying about Corcoran's things, it, it's so detailed that they have his facial expressions. He wrote down his actual facial wow. expressions wow. that he had while they were speaking. So you add all of this up, you add the whole foreign countries, China, France, Turkey, Saudi Arabia, Kuwait, the United Arab Emirates, Oman, you add the investigation into that, you add the investigation with that into the documents, the obstruction, the attorneys who are trying to obstruct, you add it with the January 6 cases, you, you stack it up with Georgia, you stack it up with, uh, with Weisselberg in New York, and then wanting to charge Weisselberg on perjury, crime, perjury crimes now. It's like this guy is trapped. His back is absolutely against the wall, no matter how you look at it. And he is in for a really rude awakening. We are in for a big indictment summer, which is going to be pretty wild once all these indictments start firing. Indictment away. season, like, baby. It's it's indictment season. It's indictment summer, and it's going to happen. And it's going to be interesting to see how it impacts a whole host of things. I expect things to get incredibly crazy. If we saw you know, the reaction from the first indictment in New York, what that was like from the Republicans. Uh, get ready to see that times a billion, but then also get ready to see a bunch of these other Republicans start entering the race, hoping that they now have a shot. Jordy. Four words and two sounds.
Mad Dog Jack Smith. Oh, oh. I mean, this is great. We just got to keep letting the process play out because more and more information is coming out every single day. And, and he is closing in, folks. This is exciting. So I couldn't agree more. Let's talk, though, about the debt ceiling right now. And when Biden first, Biden made some great points about the debt ceiling while he attended the G7 summit in Japan. Um, He was asked a bunch of questions about a number of topics. First, I want to show you what he said um, in connection with uh, backing a plan to train Ukrainian pilots on how to fly F-16 fighter jets and considering providing F-16s to Ukraine. Russia warned that there would be enormous risks if Ukraine is supplied with these jets. But let me show you how he responded when a journalist asked him if there was a colossal risk as Putin's propaganda spread. Play this clip. The president calling this a colossal risk. It is for them. And then, I mean, you know, he's strong, you know, he's strong, he is inspiring. And, you know, I I, want to show you this next clip from the G7 as well, where he knows exactly what it is these MAGA Republicans are doing. And he talks about it here when he's asked about the debt ceiling. He goes, look, what these MAGA Republicans want to do is they're trying to hurt my chances in 2024. Like, let's be real. Like, let's talk about what this is about. Play this. I think there are some MAGA Republicans in the House who know the damage that it would do to the economy. And because I am president and presidents are responsible for everything, Biden would take the blame. And that's the one way to make sure Biden's not reelected. He then talks that he's about how he's not going to agree to a deal that protects $200 billion in excess payments for the pharmaceutical industries and cuts jobs of school teachers. Play this clip. I'm not going to agree to a deal that protects $200 billion in excess payments for pharmaceutical industries and refusing to count that while cutting over 100,000 school teachers and and, uh, and assistance jobs, 30,000 law enforcement officers, jobs cut across the, the entire uh, United States of America. And so here was his message while he was in Japan at the G7 for the MAGA Republicans that it's time for them to move from their extreme positions. Play this clip. Now it's time for the other side to move their, from their extreme positions because Much of what they've already proposed is simply, uh, quite frankly, unacceptable. And so let me be clear. I'm not going to agree to a deal that protects, for example, $30 billion tax break for the oil industry, which made $200 billion last year. They don't need an incentive of another $30 billion. So simple, so basic. Put the marker down. That's how you negotiate. And then over the weekend, the MAGA Republicans, after this post from Donald Trump, he wrote like uh, something like, take the kitchen sink. Like who even talks like this? Do we have the post that Donald Trump wrote while the negotiation was taking place between Democratic negotiators and Republicans who are trying to hold our entire economy hostage? Trump writes, Republicans should not make a deal on the debt ceiling unless they get everything they want, including the kitchen sink. That's the way the Democrats have always dealt with us. Do not fold. I mean, it's just false. It's just false. Like, and who talks like that? They need to take the kitchen sink. Like, he's just a moron. 
and he wants to destroy the economy. And there is a contingent, and President Biden is right, of these MAGA Republicans who just want to destroy the economy. That is their goal. And so the hard part with President Biden is you have to deal with the MAGA Republicans. Frankly, the negotiation is very reminiscent of a hostage taker, right? The same way a hostage taker is kind of sometimes frantic and emotional and just constant threats and threats and threats. You have to be able to kind of rise above it and you have to be steady and you have to deliver a consistent message because then they end up exposing themselves. So mm-hmm. what happened yesterday, Trump puts out that message. The MAGA Republican negotiators like run out of the White House, like, you know, and and everyone's like, oh my gosh, what's happening? And, and Biden's like, okay, McCarthy's going to show up. Let me sit down with Kevin McCarthy. We'll talk. We'll talk this out. Now, I want to show you this video from earlier today of President Biden and Kevin McCarthy sitting there. And you'll just see how Biden is just meant for the stage. Like Kevin McCarthy just sits there like looking like he doesn't even know what to do in the Oval Office while President Biden firmly yet calmly is putting forward his position. Play this clip. We both agreed that we, default's not really on the table. We've got to get something done here. And uh, the consequence of failing to pay our bills would be that American people would have a real kick in their economic well-being. As a matter of fact, the rest of the world would, too. And uh, so we also agree we need to reduce the deficit. And I might add, uh, in my first two years as president, I reduced it by $1.7 trillion. It matters. So I'm all for reducing, continue to reduce the deficit. And uh, but we all, we both talked about the need for a bipartisan agreement. We have to be in a position where we can sell it to our constituencies. We're pretty well divided in the House, almost down the middle, and it's not any different in the Senate. So we got to get something that can sell to both sides. And uh, we need to cut spending, but we uh, here's a disagreement. We have to. I think we should be looking at tax loopholes and uh, making sure the wealthy pay their fair share. I think revenue matters, as well as uh, as long as you're not taxing anybody under 400,000 bucks. And uh, so we're going to we still have some disagreements, but I think we may be able to get where we have to go. We both know we have a significant responsibility. Brilliant. We both know we have a significant responsibility. And by the way, Biden knows the facts. 97% of all of the debt was created before President Biden took Mm -hmm. office. About 30% of all of the debt was created by Donald Trump. As President Biden states, he reduced the deficit. of the debt from the beginning of American history. Like not in the past few years, folks. Like from the beginning of American history. Sorry. President Biden reduced the deficit by close to, as you heard him, $1.7 trillion. That's just a fact. Meanwhile, when Trump and the MAGA Republicans were in control, they increased the deficit by close to $7 trillion. But Biden was there being magnanimous and just saying, look, we want to reach a bipartisan solution. We want to figure this out. Everybody understands what the repercussions are here. And, you know, Kevin McCarthy will probably end up going back to his MAGA base. The, The issue is 
is the same reasons that Kevin McCarthy, it took him 15 tries before coming Speaker of the House. He's being held hostage also by what he enabled, by the Matt Gates and the Lauren Boberts mm-hmm. and the Marjorie Taylor Greens, who legitimately want to see America default. That's that's, I, that's I do. I, I frankly, that, that was the most optimistic today, uh, Biden and McCarthy. That was the most optimistic that I've heard both of them be surrounding the debt ceiling in, in a while. They've had their starts and stops. Uh, that was the most optimistic that I've heard them uh, in getting towards a deal. However, the thing that I am still wondering is how does McCarthy get beyond this unscathed? He does because if he does figure out a deal with Biden, and and you know, I, I wonder even what that deal could be. But the, the the things that have been floated right now have basically been to raise the debt limit. But to put spending caps on on future spending, to keep spending at a certain level and agree to those spending caps for the future. So that seems to be where the negotiators are heading. But if McCarthy doesn't let the country default on the debt and doesn't blow up the economy, as Marjorie Taylor Greene, as the Matt Gateses of the world, as the whole House Freedom Caucus wants him to, how do they let him survive even as Speaker of the House? How are they going to spin it? Because they're either going to have to spin it or they're going to be out for blood because they took a really hard line stance here, a really abnormal stance. Because remember, this is not something that happens. This only happens when there's a Democratic president and the GOP wants to cause chaos. The Republican Party raised the debt ceiling three times under Donald Trump. No conditions. The Democrats, no conditions. Seven times under George W. Bush, 18 times under Ronald Reagan. But when President Obama was president, they brought us to the brink of disaster like they did today. Our credit was actually downgraded back then, but we did not actually hit the default. And right now they are putting us on the same course because they want to try to torpedo Joe Biden's presidency. So where does this all end? Time will tell, but that's the most hopeful I've heard both sides of this negotiation and the whole process. Yeah. And ultimately, look, I think Biden's not going to let us default. So if he has to invoke the 14th Amendment, he's mm-hmm. going to invoke the 14th Amendment, which basically states that America's debt shall not be questioned. Um, and I think Biden would invoke it. Biden's got a bold vision and it's something that he would do. I think though he is doing everything he can to negotiate this as, as you, you know, as it's the it's the cards that he's dealt. He's acting responsibly. Frankly, there shouldn't be anything you have to negotiate at all here, um, because you know it should not be tied to destroying the economy to even give into anything. But like when you deal with a hostage taker, um, you know you have to deal with the situation. You have to confront it and calmly and firmly and and address it in the best interest of the uh, American people. Jordy, um, I I, I do want to say I've been noticing in the chat also, special shout out to everybody. I see lots of people with the badges now in the chat. So thank you to everybody who are are buying those badges and, and buying the gifts of badges to people. I've just seen so many more of those gifted. That's super awesome. But Jordy, tell us about our new collection. Summer collection. The Summer Midas Mighty Collection and the Midas Touch gear is selling out like crazy. So tell us about so it. So you would think I would have learned by now that I need to order more and larger quantities, but I I don't I don't know why I don't. 
because now we're almost sold out of the summer collection, but we'll figure something out. So don't worry if you don't get to it. But if you hit up store.mytouch.com right now, we have our summer collection and our pride collection going on side by side. So the summer collection, you got hot democracy summer, hot democracy summer, v-necks, uh, some, some, some tanks. It's really cool stuff there. And then for the pride collection, we have Midas pride, of course. Drag is not a crime. Again, these are all in V-necks and tanks. And a, a, a fan favorite, which frankly, I totally underestimated and like have been calling people left and right to figure out how we could get more of these koozies. I like my beer cold and gay is flying off the shelves. We only have like legitimately, we have like 25 left. Yeah, we we got a call. We, we put them up and our supplier like called us like an hour later. They're like, you're running out. We're like, what do you mean we're running out? We ordered so many of them. They're like, you're, you got to get more. And so get, get them, get them now. So you get in the first batch. I think it's, uh, I think and, 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 and here's the really cool thing about the pride collection in general, the Midas pride tank and the drag is not a crime. Uh, profits from those, uh, they go to the uh, portion of the profits. They go to the Trevor project which helps at-risk LGBTQ youth. Um, so definitely check it out. Those for a great cause. And Hot Democracy Summer's here, baby. Let's go. I love Let's it. Go. And we got all the regular Midas gear up there too. You get your regular Midas Touch logo stuff, which is always good. We got cool Midas Touch hats and and rock it around. I, one of the coolest things is always walking around. And if I, when I spot somebody wearing the love gear, it. It, it always makes my day. It's super cool. All of the YouTube watchers, make sure you subscribe to Midas Touch on audio podcast. All the audio podcast listeners, subscribe to the Midas Touch YouTube channel. One of the things I've noticed is that these audio numbers, these audio download numbers have been through the roof. I think a lot of our YouTube watchers are listening to it a second time on audio, and a lot of people are also sharing this with friends, family, coworkers, colleagues. I just noticed the audio numbers last time I checked are through the roof. So make sure you subscribe, not just on YouTube, but also on audio. All you have to do is search Midas Touch Podcast, subscribe. It's free. It's free to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Please share the Midas Touch Network with friends, family, coworkers, colleagues, anybody you know. Thank you to the Midas Mighty. None of this is possible without you. You are our inspiration each and every day. I am so fortunate and so blessed to be able to just be a part of this pro-democracy community with you. And I count my blessings each and every day. And we will keep fighting for you each and every day. Jordy, take it away. Shout out to the Midas Mighty. Lock him up. Indictment season is upon us. Celebrate with the new Indictment season t-shirt and v-neck exclusively at store.midastouch.com. 